I want to take you to a deep place today in, in, in thought. Uh, there's a passage I'm going to get to in this message, and I came across it last year uh, in my favorite book in the Bible, the prophet Isaiah, which I've read probably more times than any other book in the Bible for the last 20-some years. And I've read this passage many times before, but the last time, well, about a year ago, it, it stuck with me, it stirred me, it piqued my curiosity. And we're going to go into that in a few minutes. I'll get to that passage. But my title for today comes from the impression I had when the Holy Spirit led me to that passage. So the title for today's message is, Setting the Heavens in Earthly Places. If you're here for the first time, you're watching us for the first time, we are in a series in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to cover it probably through the closing of the fall. And so we're there, and we're still in the beginning, So, and we have all of these on uh, YouTube. We have them on our website. We can, you can podcast through Spotify, through uh, iTunes, etc. Go back, catch up. Setting the heavens in earthly places. Will you join me one more time in prayer? Lord, your word tells us that you have given us your engagement ring, which is the Holy Spirit. From the moment that we believed, you put your Holy Spirit in us. But that is not the beginning, or that's the beginning, not the end. Now we ask you as Paul, continually asking, that you would continue to give us the Holy Spirit in such a way that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us, that we would know the inheritance that we have in Christ, that we would understand today what in Christ means more than we've ever understood it before, and that we would know that there is power available to us that's exactly like the power that you exerted in the body of your son in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and raised him not only from the dead, but raised him up to sit at your right hand, son of God in power. And may we realize that you raised us up to be seated with the son of God in power, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and help us to understand why that is. I pray, Lord, that we would see that Jesus Christ has authority over all governments, all angels, all demons, all names in this age, in this world, and in the heavenly world, and that we are his church. We are his body on the earth of which you fill all in all. We ask for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Setting, setting heaven in earthly places. Um, that gives a definition to our calling in a term that you may have not thought of before. I certainly haven't. This is a deep way to say it. Setting heaven in earthly places. I am always trying to bring a practical application in my messages. Today, I don't promise you that. Today, I want you to put your feet in the clouds and your head in the clouds. Yeah. I want us to be so heavenly minded that we do some earthly good. 
And so I'm believing today that God's going to help us do that. I think we also need to have our hearts in heavenly places so that we can realize our potential and our purpose on the earth. Jesus told us to pray, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you say that with me to God? Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth right here, right now, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Setting the heavens in earthly places. You ready? Here we go. God has predestined each one of us as believers to release the ministry of Christ into the earth. That means we are to release his heart through our heart. And his heart, his heart is his goodness. His heart is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love that has facets of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit and the Word are in agreement. And the Spirit and the Son and the Father are in agreement. And the Lord has put us on the earth to release his heart of that kind of goodness, but not just his heart. We're also here to release his hand. And the hand of the Lord is his power. Not that the fruit of, of Jesus isn't powerful, but there is a difference between the ministry from the heart and the ministry from the hand of Jesus. The hand represents his power. His hand represents the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, that God wants to release through his church. We're going to look at that as we keep going in weeks to come. That's what God did through Jesus of Nazareth. Let me get it. I'll say it a, no, a number of times today. We believe, I believe, that Jesus of Nazareth was God in human flesh. No less than God the Father in God deity. No less than the Holy Spirit in deity. And he came into this world born of a virgin, virgin born, born son of God. He didn't become son of God, born son of God. At birth, his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. You get that? But Paul says that as, as, as Jesus of Nazareth, God in the flesh, he laid aside his privileges of God. He didn't lay aside being God, but he lay aside his ability to do things and, 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 and receive things in a way that God would, and he as a man, not meaning that he stopped being God, but chose to walk as a man in the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Okay? That's so important we understand that. The people that lived in that day had a difficult time seeing Jesus of Nazareth as deity. They had no problem at all seeing him as a human man. Because they even got, why did they want to stone him? Because they said, you being a man 
claimed to be God. Do you know that his own brothers in John chapter 7 didn't believe in him either? So Jesus is ministering probably 29 years of age, and they've grown up with him. They've grown up with him. And at 29, John says, and his brothers didn't believe. You know what that tells me? Jesus was so human that his deity was hard to believe in. Now, he's so inhuman that his humanity is hard to believe in. And because we have a hard time with his humanity, we have a hard time with ours. And that's not even my sermon. Nicodemus said to him, teacher, he didn't say God, he said teacher, we know you've come from God because no one could do the things you do unless God was with him. The last couple of weeks we've come to find out that we as believers are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We found out that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wants us to join his passionate usher program. Not just so people can find a, a seat in a building, but a seat in their place in the family, body, temple, flock, bride, and army of God. That's why growth track is so important. Starts this coming Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. You got to be there. You got to be there if you want to know who you are and how it fits and how what. You got to. We got flooded out last week. Thank God not in the building. And we were going to meet last week. But you know what? God, whatever, we're going to meet this week. The times are in God's hands. So join us for that. But let me share with you what this is saying to me. What I think I'm discovering, and I hope I, I do, and I want to take a deep dive into this in my own life, this thought of setting heaven in earthly places. I want to show you from the scriptures, starting in Ephesians, what this means so far to me. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, New American Standard Bible. In him, that's Christ, in Christ, in Jesus Christ, but I want you to think of the word Christ. I want you to put that in the forefront of your mind and stay right in there. In him, we... Believers also have obtained an inheritance. Now, what is that? We have been predestined according to the purpose of him. Well, what is his purpose? Well, he works all things in accordance with the plan of his will. Now, we get, and I pray prayers like this, Lord, you know, I need your will about this, that, and the other. But the big picture, 30,000 foot level will of the Father is that none be lost and that and that, and, and that those who are lost get found, and that those who get found get, get favored, and those who get favored get fitted, and those who get fitted get filled, and those who get filled are fashioned to be the extension of Jesus Christ in the earth. And so sitting in a seat in the church is way, 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 way back in the plan of God's will for your life. Deciding what kind of bridal gown you should wear for your wedding, that's important to Jesus. He even cares about the sparrows, but that's way below the 30,000 foot level. We got to get our head in the clouds and our feet in the clouds. 
Because where God wants us to go is somewhere that we have no idea where he wants us to go, and I didn't either, but this setting, heaven, and earthly places is blowing my mind. All right? In accordance with the plan of the Lord, to the end, to the goal that we, say we, who were the first to hope in the Christ, would be to the praise of his glory. That means that you and I, whatever we're going to unfold here, walking that out causes other people to do what the people did when Jesus Christ healed a paralytic. Luke adds, when it was over, they said, they gave praise to God and said, we have seen amazing things today. What would happen in our town if God did amazing things in the church and through the church in town. Let me just keep building on this. You all know this. I know this, but I'm just going to go there. Christ was not Jesus' last name, right? I mean, Jesus didn't get married and he didn't have a wife. But if he would have, it wouldn't have been Jesus and Mary Christ. And here's his son, Benny Christ, and other son, Billy Christ, and his and his daughter, Amy Christ, or whatever. No, Christ wasn't his last name. Christ was the description of the power-filled purpose that the hand, say hand, of the Father placed on his Son in the Jordan River. Let me tell you something else. Jesus Christ was born lived before he was born, son of God forever, eternal past, son of God forever in the present, son of God forever in the future, and had the Holy Spirit in him. The Spirit, the Father, and the Son, right, completely, you guys getting this FSU? You getting this, right? Yeah? Well, you know uh, San Francisco, right? I forget you. One God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he had the Holy Spirit in him, but listen, didn't do one thing of ministry until the Holy, listen, you listening? Until the Holy Spirit came upon him. Did the Holy Spirit come upon him? Right? The river? That's when John the Baptist knew who the Christ was. He didn't walk up and say, hi, I'm Jesus Christ. He said, you'll know who the Christ is when you see the Spirit come on him. You getting that? All right, stay with me. That meant that he was the one that was going to step out of the pages of the prophets into time. And he walked into the synagogue, and we've been there before in our Luke study, and he opened up the scroll and said, today's the day, right? God with him, God with us. He was, going, he was the suffering servant of Yahweh. He's the Christ. Now listen, you ready for this? What do you think Paul means when he over and over and over and over and over and over and over says, we are in Christ? What might in Christ mean? I'll tell you what it means. Isaiah said that the one who would come, that the spirit would come on in, in that messianic Christos measure, 
who would be the servant of the Lord, Isaiah 42 says, look, behold, this is how John knew who he would be. My servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights, look, I have put my spirit, say the next word. It's important. He had the Holy Spirit in him, but God was going to put the Holy Spirit on him, okay? And he will, when the Holy Spirit comes on him, he will bring justice to the non-Jews, all the nations of the world. He will balance it up. He'll take the unbalanced measures and, and his act of justice will bring justice to the world. Okay, that's a big picture. Christ isn't his last name, it's his power on him. And so Jesus of Nazareth, son of God, always, never wasn't the son of God, operated in an anointing of the Spirit on him to embrace all of us in his Father's arms. Peter says it like this, God anointed or Christianed, just use that term, God anointed, Christian Jesus of Nazareth. With the whole, he was the first Christian in the New Testament sense of what Christian means. Not like going to church Christian, like real. Uh, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing, this is Acts 10, by the way, doing good and healing everybody that was pressed down by the devil because God was with him. We are in Christ. We call ourselves Christians, or now people are calling themselves Jesus followers because of the, they, want, they think it's going to offend people that don't, you know, Christians don't, don't do what Jesus said, so we're going to do it differently and say it differently. I, I don't know about all that, because you can't follow Jesus without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, really. You can try. And, and whatever, that's not a point, but I, I, I don't dig all that stuff. I don't need to change anything. I just need to be something that I might need to be better at. We, if we're in Christ, that doesn't mean I'm Tim Christian, it means I'm Tim anointed. If, if you are in Christ, it doesn't mean you're hunter Christian. It means you're hunter anointed. Well, let me ask you, what kind of anointing? What kind of Christos does God want to put on you, Ollie? Or you, whoever you are. I don't care who you are. Deborah over there, whoever you are. Whoever. Ed, what kind of Christos does God have for you? We're LOH, we don't have Christian church out there. But someone said, are you a Christian church? Well, yeah, but you know, what, what, if, what, what if we'd say, we are an, an, an anointed, not the, an, an anointed body of Jesus. Look what the anointing did for Jesus. In Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, the seven, the seven anointings of the Holy Spirit, one Holy Spirit, seven facets of his touch. When John sees the, the throne of God in, Re, in Revelation 4, he sees seven lamps blazing. They represent the seven spirits of God, the King James says, the, the, the uh, the earlier manuscripts of the Greek say the sevenfold spirit. When Zechariah saw the lampstand as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, he saw one lamp with seven arms on it. Seven is a number that means 
perfection. So the anointings of the Spirit can, can be released to us and through us in seven different ways. One is the Spirit of Yahweh. Can you imagine? The Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of strength. When my grandson, Graham Slam, prays over food, he always prays to become strong. The spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. They're the facets of the spirit anointings. Yeah, isn't that cool? Right? Now let's go deep. You have ears to hear today? I don't have this passage up there, but I prayed it. Paul said... Give us eyes to see that Jesus has put everything under his feet. Let me ask you this question. Where is the body of Jesus? Two places, just like you and I are in two places. His body is, is his father's right hand, but his body is also in his church. You and I are at the father's right hand, but we're also in the earth. So he's put all things in subjection under his feet with, and given, and he's head over all things to us, the church. He's the boss. He knows what he wants to do. And we're his body, the fullness of it. This is the ideal. We are to be the fullness of him who wants to fill all in all. Now here's the heart of what I'm going at with this. Are you getting anything out of this? I know you are because you're smart. Isaiah 61, these are messianic prophecies that someone was going to fulfill. And, we, and Jesus read this in the synagogue in Nazareth. Here he said, read, Mary, he says, this is what Isaiah saw 600 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The spirit of the Lord God is upon, see upon, do you see upon? It's very important. Upon. Jesus of Nazareth was fully God, spirit of God in him. But this is about a mission. What did he do before this? He helped his dad in the carpenter shop, I guess. I don't know if he played soccer. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he skipped rocks across the river. I don't know what he did. He just probably was a kid. Jesus was so normal, they had a hard time believing he was God. Do you, we, don't, we need to just let that go deep. The Spirit came on him. Why? Because the Lord Christosed him, Christianed him. You know, I'm not messing with the. I hope you're, you see what I'm doing. So I'm trying to dig stuff up to like get you to think. Anointed him to what? Bring good news to the humble. People that were pushed down, bring good news to them. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me to proclaim release to captives and freedom to prisoners. So I want you to see humble, brokenhearted, captives, prisoners. Do you see that? As great as a jail ministry is that we would all need to pray about, there are people in jail walking down Main Street. It's a different kind of jail. There are people in jail in this room. There are people in jail in every church. There are people in jail with a lot of money, out of jail. There are people who have enough money to get themselves out of jail that are still in a jail that this message is talking about. 
and the Spirit of the Lord was on Jesus. And he was the only one in the whole world in one geographical location in Nazareth. And walks in, and I don't know if there was 50 people, 20 people, whatever. And those lucky 20s, none of them believed it. Don't put that Holy Spirit stuff in our church. We're going to throw you over a cliff. Is that true? Isn't it sweet how religious people can be? Meaner than the mafia. There are some people that go to church that are so full of spiritual pride they can strut sitting in their seat. And I can strut, strut standing here. And that's why I put this picture of a smiley face here so I wouldn't get cute and smart. I'm afraid of myself without the spirit of Jesus. Are you? I need the Holy Spirit in my life. You don't want me without it. To the brokenhearted, you know anybody like that? Don't you wish Jesus was around so he could help them? Don't you wish he'd come down? Don't you? Freedom. He was the only one. And we all know that. We're all good with that. Hey, listen, I don't believe Buddha I don't, is the son of God. I don't believe all that. We, we, we plant our flag, you know, against all the other religions and all the other, you know that, right? And we believe it's Jesus. Let me ask if we believe this. Do we believe the rest of Isaiah 61? That he did that to help that, to help them, so that they could be clothed with his that and go out and be around other people like that in exponential numbers. We are the body of Christ and the metaphors in Ephesians are to be real. Look, Isaiah 61 goes on to say, then, okay, whoever receives the Christos anointing from Christ that experiences good news, lifts them up out of humility, humiliation, binds up their broken wounds, releases them from captivity, frees them from prisons, then Jesus will, is that what it says? Right? Did you know that was in the Bible? Me neither. I read it a thousand times, and I read it after the setting of the heavens and the earth, and I went, wow, they. Who is they? Where's my Bengals fans? Remember the old Bengals when they won that one year? I'm just saying it because Ollie's a big Bengals fan, I just wanted to use my power to like, no, anyway. Who they? Is that what they said? Who they? Who they? Are you they? We are. We are. I'm they, you're they. I'm they, you they. They will what? What will they do? Say it out loud. Rebuild the ancient ruins. What will they do? They will, what's the next? Raise up the former, is anybody listening? Raise up the former, who's going to do that? Raise up the, you won't do that if you think you're a, a, a lame, slame dog that's uh, just lucky to be there. And sit, you know, who, am I, who am I to worship Jesus? Right? Here we go. 
They will repair the what? Any, have you watched the news in the past two years? Don't you wish God would come back and help us? Don't you wish Jesus would do something about it? Why is he asleep in the boat? Doesn't he know that if the Bible's right, the world's about to explode? Where is he? They will repair the ruined cities and the what? Of how many generations? How many generations? Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. No. Isn't that enough to blow your mind right there? Now I'm going to really blow your mind. So you can join me. I'll just sit around staring now. Want to go deeper? This has my wheels turning. We've been saying over the past weeks that as believers, according to the Bible, New Testament, we're positioned in two places. With Christ in heavenly places, that means we have a position as son and daughter in intimacy and union that, that we're like Mephibosheth. He, he, he puts us at the king's table and says he wants to show kindness, wants to restore properties that have been taken and all this stuff. And underneath, we're lame in both feet. And, 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 we, and we've heard so long the word of the devil that's told us what we're not, what we're not, what we're not, that, we, that his first, I'm, how can you be this kind to me? I'm just a, I'm just a stray dog. Right? So listen, if you can't see yourself properly at the king's table, you'll never feel the confidence to pick up a fork. And you'll never believe that God wants to use you to, or me to, or churches to, have a volleyball tournament. They're all good things. You know why? That's a good thing. You know why? Because that's a metaphor of family. Right? So it's not wrong to do that. And I'm going to win the cornhole thing, by the way. I already won the wiffle ball championship in the back. I'm wondering why they're not doing wiffle ball because I, I won the last one. I guess we're moving on. But anyway, anyway, but, 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 but also, also after the, after we eat, after we eat, the Holy Spirit wants us to get around to rebuilding ancient ruins. And if we're too tired at our age, let's just hope that Shine Kids gets a hold of this. If we've all put in all our ministry time and we're worn out, I mean, what else could, I mean, right? I'll just let, let that up there a minute. In order that we might see ourselves with permission to be the representation of Jesus' power and fulfillment. You know what the world thinks? The world just thinks we're a bunch of nice people. Some of us. What does Christ mean? What does in Christ, anyone listening? What does in Christ mean? I am preaching something that's way beyond my brain right now. I'm preaching something that's way beyond my maturity right now. I'm preaching something that's a mystery. This isn't the Beatles, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I am the walrus. This isn't Zeppelin's, I've been a long time since I rock and rolled. This is Stairway to Heaven, really. 
This isn't finger painting. This is heaven's work of the Sistine Chapel. Not me. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is something that God's trying to say through a guy that has to work on this. Christ in us, Paul said, listen, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff at the, at, the, at, the, at the storyboard right now, see what sticks. Christ in us is the hope of glory. That means that someday we're going to get there. That's our hope, Christ in us. But listen, Christ on us is the need of humanity. You know what? We got to quit looking for the rapture bus. We have a job to do. How dare we think God's ready to take us home? Dear God, why would God be ready to take us home right now? Are we that self-centered? Oh, no! Right? Have we fulfilled, fulfilled Ephesians 4 yet? where the entire body of Christ is moving rhythmically to bring a representation of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ? When, what generation did we see that? Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ on us is the need of humanity. Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ on us can bring hope to the humiliated, healing to the brokenhearted, freedom to those who are bound. We don't replace Jesus, we represent Jesus. And that's the will of the Father, that's the will of Jesus. We've been predestined by God, who works out all things according to the counsel of his intelligence that we would do God works, not just work, God-ordained works for the praise of his glory, which means far more than posting love posts about Jesus on Facebook. It's the will of the Spirit. Listen, it's the desire of every angelic power that's on the earth assigned to watch over every church. There are angels assigned to every church. They have to be the most bored people. It's the will of the spirit. It's the desire of the angels and it's the fear of the devil. It's the hope for the world. Do you know what real social injustice is? Replacing that call with any other kind of passion for the church, including politics. You know what real social injustice is? Not getting around to this with a world that's hopeless, helpless, and don't even know it. God wants to put us in a place where we realize how much we need to be in his clothing. Let's go to the next verse. Here is what, in 600 BC, the Holy Spirit through Isaiah was speaking out what the people of God were needing from God. And they were saying this to God. Ready? Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Right? 
Awake, see, God's asleep. Awake as in what? Have you ever heard somebody, and I've prayed it a million times, and I want it now. Oh, God, please do in us what you did in Acts. Please. Right? Have you? God, please. Like, send the Holy Ghost. Send the thing. I do it all the time. I did it yesterday. I'll do it today. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it tomorrow. But there's, listen, there's another verse. I'll get there. Here's, here's the, here's, look. It's an image of the voice coming from the earth, the people of God. Awake, God. Put on your strength, as in days of old, like in the generations of long ago. Was it not you? And then, and then the people list. Was it not you who parted the Red Sea? Was it not you who slayed the dragon? Was it not you who this, right? And we add to it, was it not you that used Peter's shadow to heal the sick? Wasn't it not you that, wasn't it not you and set the ceiling on fire and the fire came down and rested on everyone in the upper room, 120 of them, they went out. And in one sermon, one sermon, 3,000, not church shifters, but unbelievers came to Jesus. Wake up, God. And God answers back in the next chapter. Ready? God answers back from heaven. Go. Go. Awake, awake. They're saying, God, awake. And he's saying, you wake up. Do you see that? Do you, do, you, do you see that? Do you see why my mind's blown? Do you see that? Did you know Isaiah was relevant? Do you know it's in the Old Testament? Do you know the people telling you you don't have to read the Old Testament? I just gave you the gospel according to Isaiah. Watch this. Awake, awake. God says, clothe yourself. What? Be about the Christos. Clothe yourself with what? With the power to do what you can't do through niceness. What the power to do that won't work at any gathering you have unless the Christos is there. How many of you are with me? And this is not denominational, by the way. I don't know what denomination Isaiah was. You with me on that? I don't know if he was reformed or unreformed or deformed. I don't know what kind of form he was. I don't know what pensational he was in. Don't know. All I know is he heard God, and God was blowing their minds. Because the way they thought God was going to work, he wasn't working. And they were saying, wake up. And God was saying, oh, you wake up. Put yourself in clothing that's strong, Zion. Who's that? We're going to get there. Clothe yourself. Clothe yourself. With what? Beautiful garments. Hey, is Jesus beautiful? I could stop here and preach the rest and be done. I'm going to do a message in this series on Jesus being beautiful. Just thought of it. Jerusalem, the holy city. What's it say? What's the next one? Shake yourself. Shake, shake yourself. Huh? From the dust. You're living in the dirt. This isn't talking about morality. This is talking about your head's in the dirt instead of in the cloud. Look, here we go. Oh, God. I'm tempted. Rise up. Where are we to see ourselves? Rise up. Captive Jerusalem. 
Release yourself from the chains around your neck. Who is talking here? God's talking here. Go to the next verse. And here's why he's telling us that. For I am the Lord your God who stirs, the Hebrew is in the present, continual, never stopping tense. I didn't just stir up the sea. Man, I'm always stirring up the sea. Can you see? So that the waves roar. I love this part. He starts bragging about himself in a, ho in a holy way. The Lord of armies is his name. The Lord of angel armies. They're like going, I hope they give us something to do. Man, wouldn't it be something if these people actually believed the, sick, the, the truths they put in their membership class? Wouldn't it be amazing? And look what he says here. And this is the, here, here we go. And I, I got to stop. It's 40, 40 minutes in. I'm sorry. Got to stop. And I have put my words where? In your Bible? Where? That's next week's message. And I have covered you with the shadow of my what? Hand. That's not a protective idea. That's a purpose-filled idea. In other words, I've put the shadow of the Almighty on you, and I've put my hand on you. Wake up. How many of you are going, man, this, it's not that I'm preaching it, I'm relaying something. Do you see it? And now why did he put his hand on us? Here we go. Read it. To, and what? Setting the heavens in earthly places. I've been awake, God says. I've never gone to sleep. You wake up, be clothed in my power, shake yourself, release yourself. I've put my words in your mouth. I have put my hand on you, and I have called you to establish the heavens in the earth. Do you see it? Pull yourself up. Pull yourself up. Arise, Jerusalem. Some might say, but that's Zion. That's Old Testament. Jerusalem, Israel. I know, right? Wrong. Isaiah 52. Guess what comes after that? Isaiah 53. If that's just for Israel, then so is this. He was wounded for their transgressions. He was crushed for their, not ours, not the Gentiles, their iniquities. The punishment for, uh, on, was on him, and by his wounds, they. Guess what? After Isaiah 53 comes Isaiah 54 where God says, I'm going to blow this tent wide open. I'm going to I want you to enlarge your place. I want you to stretch out the pant. You're not going to have enough room. They're going to come from everywhere. I'm going to take this thing worldwide. Worldwide. I'm going to take you down Highway 53 all the way to Highway 61 and revisit it. We're going to revisit 61 and go from he to they. Now, Zion, according to Paul, this isn't in your notes, but you can add this to it. Nerd out on it this afternoon. Zion, Paul describes, Mount Zion is the city of the living God. This is Hebrews 12. The heavenly Jerusalem. 
Where are we to be seated? Where are we seated? Heavenly places? This is us. This is us. This is us. Myriads of angels where the blood speaks better than the old covenant blood of Abel. Want to know who Jerusalem is? Galatians 4. The present Jerusalem on the earth is enslaved with her mother. But the, listen, but the Jerusalem above is free and she's our mother and what God is saying, act like it. I've already freed you. I've already Isaiah 53'd you, Mephibosheth. Under the table, oh, we got all kinds of stuff. But at the table, wake up. How many of you are going, man, I, I need to let this roll. I know, right? I've put my words to establish the heavens and the earth. Now, let's go back to Ephesians. We're going to land the plane. And then we're going to take off. Go back go to Ephesians. I love this. Paul, 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 have you gotten anything out of this? Paul has just spent, they didn't have chapters, but in the letter to the Ephesians, he's just spent time saying, you're blessed with all the blessings. You're the body of Christ. You're the temple of God. You're the family, and I got to pray that you see that you're a body, and pray that you see that you're a family, so you can allow the love of God to fill your heart, so you can be filled with all the fullness of God. But I got to keep praying that because your light goes dim, and my light goes dim. And not only do I want you to be a body, not only do I want you to be a flock and a family, because that's the work of the Holy Spirit, I want you to be a holy bride. And he's transitioning into talking about the bride in five, and in the army in six. And then he goes, for this reason it says, now he's quoting right here in his terminology, paraphrasing what we just read in Isaiah. And he's telling you why it was written then 600 years before. For this reason, it says to, and he's telling this to the Ephesian church, blessed with every spiritual blessing, seated at the right hand with Jesus, having the Holy Spirit in them, Dustin, in them, that they are a body of Christ, that they are in the family of God, that they are a flock listening to the voice of the shepherd led by those preordained plans of God in the council to live walking into the steps ordained to do God works. Awake. Sleeper. And rise from the dead. They're already risen from the dead. But they're acting like they're in the dirt. I can't tell you that I don't live in the... I, that's me so often. Is it you so often? And you know what we do when that happens? What is described here? Christ will shine in you. In you is illumination to see it. On you is power to be it. Don't you feel like, I feel like jumping off the platform right now. But I have to be in another denomination. If they had the organ playing, da, 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 in the background. What denomination am I? I don't know. I just read Isaiah, whatever he is. That's what I want to be. And Christ will shine on you. Let me say it again. 
He shines in us so we can see it and on us so we can be it. Be what? Be what? Good news to the humiliated. Freedom to the captive. Open the eyes of the blind. All that. So we can be Jesus in exponential numbers. So the church can be the fullness of him. And here's why that's important. So then, which means if you don't do this, so then it won't. So then, be careful how you walk. This is not just about, I hope I don't sin today. That's important, but not, I hope I don't sin today. hope I don't watch too much Netflix. I hope I don't too much, too much time on Facebook, which is all important, all that stuff. But it's not about that kind of, I'm, I'm being careful that I'm not, I gotta be nice. I gotta be nice, I gotta be nice, 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 nice. I gotta be nice for, for Jesus. I gotta be a good Christian, good little Christian. Gotta be, that's not what he's talking about. Be careful how you walk. In other words, be so careful that you don't miss this, this, this. I'm here to, I'm anointed to heal the sick. I'm anointed to open the eyes of the blind. I'm here to set captives free. I'm here on a predestined mission by, to bring glo- Anyone, you listening? Be careful how you walk, not as the unwise people, but as wise. Isn't one of the facets of the anointing wisdom? Now, wisdom, this is not about how many degrees you have in the frames on your wall in your office. This is not about whether you've read Nietzsche, Aristotle, whether you know all the right ways to look at political views in the world right now, that you're the person of talent with the balance, that you're fair and balanced in all things. It's not about, that's good, but that's not what this kind of wise is. This kind of wise is seeing what no one in the world, the smartest people in the world can see, but seeing through the eyes of God and led on a mission by the Holy Spirit. I don't know how smart Ananias was, but he heard the Spirit say, the future of the whole New Testament church, who was just trying to kill people a couple weeks ago, is praying, he saw a vision of me, and I want you to go and lay your hands on him. I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump. Why didn't Ananias just say, you come down like you did and lay your hands on like you did the leper. We're believing you. We're, dis- we're going to confess. Jesus is going to come down. And Is that what he said to do? He said, Ananias, I know you can't spell cousin right, but go to that street called straight and put your hand on that man. And I'm going to take the scales off his eyes and show him the metaphors of the body of Christ. Shoo, baby. Ah. Uh, uh. Making the most of your time. Do you see the context of, the, of that now? Making the most of your time. Why, does, why is it important that we have the clothes of Christ? Read the next part. Because the days are evil. Don't you just wish we had a president that would fix all that? Gosh, if we could just get the numbers. Come on, man. See what I'm saying? That's stupid. We don't have to do that. These guys were doing it with emperors that thought they were God. Doing other stuff I can't mention in here because there's too many young kids. And some of them did it from jail. Because the days are evil. What is evil? 
Who defines evil? Who defines evil? Is there anything evil anymore? Anything? Therefore, do not, who's he writing to? Do not be moronic. That's the, moronos, that's the Greek word. I'll just kindly say, Tim, don't be a moron. And to you, I'll say, don't be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord? I just, we just saw it. Setting the heavens on earth. And do not let anything other than the stimulation of the Holy Spirit be your main stimulation. And he just pulls one of those things out that can be the opposite. Don't get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. He's writing to those already with the Spirit, folks. Ephesians 1, when you believed, you got the Holy Spirit. But I also know when I believed that all the Holy Spirit didn't get me. When I, at 17 and a half years old, the Holy Spirit drew me to an altar to give my life to Christ. But surprisingly to me, I went to give my life to Christ, but I didn't know that there was a lot more of my life that he wanted me to give him after I gave my life to Christ. You? I mean, people say, oh, I've had the whole, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 10 years old in VBS. Ran around a tree after it was there. I felt it once, felt him once. I had the heebie-jeebies and hoobie-jubies and hallelujahs three times in my life. Nothing wrong with that. But he wants to take us from the hallelujah shout to walking with power into dark places. From the moment we believe, we have the Holy Spirit. But this is talking about not the Holy Spirit being in you, the, the Holy Spirit being on you. You receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. I wrote this, the universe awaits the sons and daughters of God to get in tune with the ways of the one who tuned the universe. And the only way to do that is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. On 9-11-2001, I was sitting in a conference with Pastor Dr. Jack Hayford Unbeknownst to any of us that the towers had been hit, the Pentagon had been hit. And before he was told of that, I heard that man say something that God wanted to burn inside my soul. He said, dear brothers, my pastor, friends, and colleagues, listen, please. You must go home to the church that God has given you oversight and search out the answer to the question, how far are you willing to go in partnership with the Holy Spirit's passion of convincing the people in the pews 
that Jesus wants to press the keys of the kingdom in their hands. He said he wants your spirit-filled church to go deeper and become his spirit-formed church. And then they walked in and said what they said. And he said, brothers, before we close and you have to get home, I would like you to join me in prayer. And I watched this man, this man of God, who's pastored for, who pastored 50-some years in Van Nuys, California, the porn capital of Los Angeles, where he led celebrities, pastored for five decades as a holy man of God, teaching the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's who this man was. Never fell, never once walked, has walked holy before God, a general. And when he said that, it got all over me, and got in me. That was 2001. This is not 2001. This is 20 years later. And that's still burning in me. But I saw another thing that God wanted me to see, and he whispered to me when Jack Hayford started praying because what he started doing was speaking to a demon power called Apollyon. And I listened to him and watched him, and the Holy Spirit said, you pray, but watch this man. I sent you here to see this. And I saw a man literally combating that demon power that's mentioned in the book of Revelation that comes to destroy one-third of mankind. And I saw that shepherd of God combating him in the spirit. And he was. He's never bold. He's never loud. But I saw a man with the keys of the kingdom. And he's humble. But he knew who he was in the kingdom of God. And that demon knew who he was. And I stood there and thought, I am a very stupid person. I didn't say that to cut myself down. I, I, it was like, you think you're a baseball player because you hit one out at uh, whatever, Kavanaugh, and then you go and you watch Stanton from the Yankees hit one 500. You go, I'm not a home run hitter. God said to me, I want you to become that. And I want you to believe that I want to raise up a generation of people in a generation past you that come into a place where the keys of the kingdom are in their hands and they know it. Will someone listen to what I'm trying to say today? I want to close with this, and I know it's long, but it's not too long for Jesus. But anyway, I'm preaching this message to you, but I'm preaching this message so you and others like you will go home and this is, a, this is a lecture from a 32-year veteran of ministry. And what I'm telling you now, knowing that I'm in probably the fourth quarter of my life with, with the kingdom of God ministry, I keep wanting to think I'm in the late third, but that's wishful thinking. I know I only have a window of time to unpack from me in my heart what I can't die with inside me. So please give me a couple more minutes because I want you, someone in this room, someone that's watching, someone. I didn't write this for me. 
question. If you can say it in 30 minutes, you're not worth your salt. Because you're not saying much. Did you say this? Do you know, have you read, have you read Isaiah? How long? Anyway, now I'm upset about it because we got a war to fight. We got a body to build. We got a flock. Anyway, have we, this isn't to anyone else but me and you, have we sought the king about his purpose of the keys in our generation. I didn't get this from anybody's sermons. I didn't get this from anybody's book. I didn't get this from anybody's podcast. I got this from Jesus. And he says, I say to you, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, you loose, you loose, shall have been loosed in heaven. How do you get your keys into the ignition of your car? You plug them in and you turn them, or you hit a button. How do you get your keys to unlock the door of your house? You use them, and guess where they are? They have to get in your hand and into the ignition. Where are the keys of the kingdom? He wants to press them in your hand. I want everybody to stand, please. Do you have, look, there's not a week that doesn't go by that I don't critique myself more than anybody could ever critique me, including the devil. But I am who I am, and that's it. But I just want to say this. After all that said, do you have time for the Holy Spirit to move now? Now? When I was 17 and a half years old, I was in a Wesleyan church. I didn't know what they're doing. I thought everybody was a Baptist. I was raised in a Baptist church. I thought they were Catholics, and then everybody else was Baptist. I thought we had a Baptist dog. We ate Baptist cereal. I can spot a Baptist a mile away still. And that's a good thing. I love Baptists. If it wasn't for the Baptists, I wouldn't be saved. But in a Wesleyan church, I didn't even know what that meant. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me and told me he wanted me to walk in front of all the people. 17 and a half year old, I had a Beatles baseball shirt on out of rebellion to my dad who made me go to church that morning. I was a cute kid. And the Spirit of God got a hold of me, challenged me to come to the altar to give my life to Jesus Christ. Many of you have probably done that. Or you prayed a prayer with somebody on TV or someone led you to Sunday school or whatever. But I'm going to ask you something else. Because the Holy Spirit spoke this to me and said this. I want you to speak to my people and ask them this. You're born of his kingdom and the Holy Spirit's in you. Would you 
find an altar. Not to give your life to Jesus Christ, but to give your life to the Holy Spirit. Will you let the Holy Spirit have complete control of your life? Don't you feel that right now? Mm. I was terrified to come down to that altar to give my life to Jesus and came to find out that was a mixture of fear I should have and a lot of fear I shouldn't have had. And there's a lot of people afraid of the Holy Spirit. The only thing I knew about the Holy Spirit growing up in a, as a kid was they said something about him at the offering and the communion. They sang a song, praise God from whom all blessing flow, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And then when they baptized people and did communion, baptized in Father, Son, and then they put the Holy Spirit back in a box. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit ain't got no box. He's got no denomination. The wind blows where he wants. I ask you this. Will you surrender your all to the Holy Spirit at this altar today? He will change you into another person. Lord, I give the, all the minutes and all the things that I said and more to your hands. This is your church. And I stand in the holy fear of God to honor you, to under-shepherd what you want to shepherd, and to believe right now that a mighty, mighty move of the Holy Spirit begins right now in the name of Jesus. As these guys lead us, as these guys lead us, I don't know why God uses me but as he leads us, he wants to spark a mighty, a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room and you're tormented in your mind, I want to be somebody that can pray with you right here and break that thing off your life. If you're somebody that's been battling with chronic anything, I can't do anything for you. But I need to, this is something that's been on me for six months. The Holy Spirit has spoken to me and said, are you willing to be embarrassed? Stepping out into lands that you're afraid to step out in, you can't control so that I can do what I want to do even if you miss it? Are you willing? And I'm telling him yes. And so one of the areas in my life where I have to get obedient is in the area of listening to that and praying for people, not like some whatever, but just my way believe in God. So if you need something like that, 
from Jesus, come, come on. If you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, come on. Get up here and say, like I did at the altar, Jesus, I'm scared to death, but I want you. Come on. Lord, I just bind every lying, satanic influence off of this house in the name of Jesus. I declare that honey from heaven is dripping like a flood off the roof into the hearts of your people. I believe that every lying spirit is bound for this window of opportunity for people. I believe that out of the innermost beings of men and women washed in the blood of the Lamb, a water, a fountain, a genesis, a river, a river, a river. If you need the traffic that is on the party line of your soul to stop and cease so that your life and your mind and your heart can become like an oasis, like sitting in a Selah before the Lord, let the Holy Spirit anointing break that thing off your life. Whether you're watching on live stream, whether you're downloading this on a podcast somewhere along the line, whoever you are, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I just take, I just take the authority that you've delegated. I take the authority that you've delegated to me as a pastor that, that has nothing to boast in, nothing but the cross and your blood. And I take that authority and I speak over this house that we will fulfill the plan of God ordained before we ever walked in this door. And that your, today is a day where a new dimension of your power and your purity and your work is released in this place.